Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, Adulting Well listeners. This is Pepper, a.k.a. Joshua, a.k.a. Pepper, here to tell you about Anchor. So we used to host our podcast on another service, and we had this show for maybe three or four years at this point. And we got some metrics and things, but we didn't have a lot to do with them. And we recently switched over to Anchor, and what's amazing about it is it has all the metrics for the show, so you can see you know, how many downloads you get and things like that. But it it also lets you engage with the audience uh, in ways that our old service couldn't. So for instance, we can have polls, we can ask listeners to uh, leave us messages and questions and things like that. And we can uh, put them on the air super easily and answer those questions. Just, uh, that's just one example, but there are just a lot of different ways that we can um, engage with you now that we're using Anchor. So uh, This is our first ad, and it's for this service that we're using to provide this podcast to you. And I think it's uh, actually a really, really good service. Um, And if you have a podcast, I recommend it. You can download the Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Uh, Thanks for uh, pausing with me for a second. Now back to the episode. Hello and welcome to the Adulting Well Podcast. I am your co-host Joshua and I am joined as always by your co-host Kevin and tonight we have on the show, I guess it's evening time, we have on the show Adam Mayette, aka the Catman of West Oakland and um, apparently you are not the normal crazy cat lady. According to your own website, which makes me really happy. You're also, a, I don't know if you're a former musician now, but you definitely have played music in bands over the years. Um, but most importantly, uh, you are a cat rescuer. And um, as people who listen to the show know, I am a pretty much adult lifelong vegan from the age of like 19 to now. And I am an absolute animal adorer. So Welcome, 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 Adam. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. This is uh, one of my cats, Booty. (laughs) Hi, Booty. Yeah. (laughs) Just before, just before we recorded, just for a little context, my, uh, before my announcement about Stephen Miller getting COVID, um, my cat knocked down one of my drawers in here that I pulled out to mount my new amazing microphone stand. So, um, but so let's, let's jump in a little bit. Um, you uh, obviously come from a music background, as as I've seen on both bios and heard from um, our friends, uh, Julie. Who yeah, yeah. Uh, um, I mean, I live in Oakland. I've been here for, I mean, I've been in the East Bay pretty much all of my life, but um, was born in Tennessee and then we moved to the East Bay. Holy shit, now my cats are going nuts. Uh, <laughs> uh, and... But I've been in Oakland proper for like 15 or 16 years now. Um, I went to a a college in Emeryville. Uh, It was like a trade school for audio engineering. It kind of tricked me out of like $60,000. Wait, what's called? What school was it? uh, Uh, It was called Expression. Okay, yeah, yeah. My ex, I have an ex that taught there, that taught uh, music. Oh, okay. Uh, Chris Chris from Three Ring Records taught there too. Yes. Yeah. That's and uh, he 
Three Ring put out uh, one of my first projects from there, this band I, that I found through MySpace and was like, hey, have you guys, will you guys come record with me? I can record at, like, I go to this stupid school that we get my <laughs> studio time. Um, and they had already been there on, like, another class's session, which was awesome because then I was able to take their tape and, like, mess with their stuff before even getting to record them. Very nice. Um, but yeah, it was, so I went to Expression. Uh, and then I worked at a, a, after, just before I graduated from there, I started engineering at Sharkbite, uh, Ryan Massey's place. Great. Um, and, uh, then did music or did engineering and played in bands and stuff for just about 10 years before tax, before tax, before cats really start, started taking over my life. Interesting. So, um, how did you get involved in music in the first place? Cause we, obviously we talked to a lot of like grown up punks about what they're doing now. And um, definitely if you're working with Ryan and going to expressions and the people you came in contact with um, sounds like you were definitely playing some kind of alternative music. Yeah. I mean, it was a, uh, it was a mix of, I mean, really, I mean, I've just always loved music of all kinds. Like my, I feel like my parents, my mom would listen to Prince and Michael Jackson and uh, just like, and Madonna and like that kind of like pop music. But who then did she also like better? Prince? Brooks and what's that? Prince, who did she like better? Uh, Prince or Michael Jackson? Ooh. I mean, then it was probably Michael, but now it's, probably Prince just because like kind of flipped diving deeper everyone, into yeah. the music and like they were both musical like geniuses uh in their own rights but like Prince has got some weird shit that I'm pretty down with <laughs> uh but then like my dad listened to classic rock looks like Bob Seger loves listening to Bob Seger we went to the, like Bob Seger and Silver Bullet 60th anniversary oh, awesome. tour or whatever it was uh like uh that must have been last year yeah uh, so just have well, probably wasn't this year yeah it was not this year yeah we <laughs> were talking before the show about the Grateful Dead and you were also uh you knew some of their albums oh yeah like I mean I I'll just get like earworms and then and we'll just like I I can't not listen to it like it's just like uh like hit hit the end of the album and like just play either the same side or flip it and go again or just put the same song on repeat um uh much to my girlfriend's uh <laughs> like she she was like are we gonna listen to the b-side of american beauty again like <laughs> like i don't know it's just it's just hidden it's just hidden yeah. uh and hmm. yeah so right, right now that was do you listen to it while you while you do stuff or while you work is it just um, it's a house? mix of, it, it would be like how i would start the day like i'll usually start by like getting up making coffee if there's like dishes from the night before I'll like put a record on. So like by the time dishes are done and coffee's ready, like the, that side of an album is usually done or hmm. uh, I'm, I'm not, a, I'm not a huge podcast listener. Um, and like, there's a handful that I like actively regularly listen to. And then I dip my foot into other ones occasionally, but uh, music is just like, I that's what I like is background. Hmm. My background yeah. noise or, uh, that sort of thing. But yeah, I mean, I've just, uh, I grew up in a, like a, I went to a Christian high school and played on the worship team at my church on the youth one and the adult one and the one at school. What's and, the worship team? Uh, that's like, uh, the, the band that plays and like leads the oh, church in nice. song. And you play, um, what so did you play? Uh, in depended, I've always j- like jumped around on a little bit of everything and just mm-hmm. sort of like whatever I needed to I could I could usually fake my way through it if I couldn't if I didn't like know it. Sure. Um, but yeah, drums, uh, bass, and guitar mostly in high school. And in in my like high school band, uh, was super super lucky with um, our the like music director at our high school because he would give us essentially free reign of the music room on Sunday. So we could go in there and like practice. And he was able to get the school to buy a bunch of equipment, like amps and uh, like, or like, like show size amps for guitar and bass and a vocal PA um, under the guise of like, we'd be the pep band. 
And so mm-hmm. we would take uh, to play like during the basketball games. And so we would take like secular songs and then cover them and make them into something that wasn't as offensive to the adults around us. <laughs> but that didn't last very long because we like we would play and sing different lyrics, but the kids in the stands knew the original lyrics. And so they would sing those and then the parents would hear the original words and then get upset. <laughs> so that, right. so then the, then the principal was like, okay, you guys can keep doing this, but you either have to write original material that I can approve. Um, or you, they have to be like songs that we sanction. Um, and so we were just like, well, I guess we'll just write our own music then. Um, and then that was how it like, the music bug happened and I at first I was playing guitar in our like we had like four guitar players two drummers a bass player and two singers uh and then both of our drummers moved away uh I lived next to an air force base so there was like usually a decent amount amount of like new people and people leaving um but uh where where did you grow up in Vacaville. Okay. Uh, oh, so yeah. do, you, do you know do you know Matthew Caddy then? Name From, sounds familiar. He played in Great Apes. He's a drummer. Was in that um, was the punk oh. Mon- Monster Squad. Was his Monster first, Squad for sure. Yeah. So uh, Matt, I was Matt, actually uh, thinking, of, and he played in um, I think uh, we shit, built their like air buildings and airplanes. Yeah, we build airplanes. We build airplanes. That yeah. band was fucking great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, just like small world. I remember seeing Monster Squad at Three Oaks, which was like the uh, Vacaville Community Center. Yeah, uh, where like <laughs> that was another thing that I think kind of helped shape music was just that it was like you never knew who was playing, but like you were as a you were a young kid who wanted to not be hanging out at home and hanging out with your friends, and you liked going to real show or rock shows. And this is like not quite that, but still pretty fun. Yeah, um, I mean like. I think uh, that was around. I never, I never got to see the like Deftones played there. Oh, uh, wow. Just played there. Um, uh, I, I remember this band Luxed, which was like an industrial band, mm-hmm. like one of the first like industrial kind of music I ever saw, and was just like that's fucking weird. There's like a drum machine, <laughs> and it, it got, but he's also got acoustic drums and electronic drums, and he sings, and it, yeah, it was. It was a it was a neat thing. I think it was a neat way to like see a lot of different music. Yeah, um, and well, there there was great shows up there. I mean, well, everybody I, would play in Vacaville, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like I mean, a, you guys. Wait, you have guys... you ever been to the Woos? Uh, I vaguely remember. <laughs> I was more of a Scandia kid. Yeah. Okay, and a big okay. arcade. There was no, a good I know Scandia up there because we had a Scandia where because we hail from Runner Park, or I do. Oh, okay, we sure. Had a Scandia there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, but yeah, yeah. I, I, it's a. I definitely had some good times up there playing shows. It's a, there was like a everyone. It always seemed like a bunch of kids would show up. Everybody was super appreciative. You know, it was just like such a. You know, it was like a, it was like its own good little scene, like mm-hmm. stuck between the Bay Area and Sacramento. You know, exactly. And which was which was kind of great because they were enough of a difference that like sometimes like a bigger band or or a band that was like on their way to something could still like do two shows in the bay or or three shows in the bay area yep uh, Yep. with stack there and totally so what was it like going to christian high school for you i'm just uh i mean for the most part it was fine um I, I mean, I, I, I looked at music as like the way out of most of the shit. Cause it was just sort of like, I could like, you're going to let me get out of class to go play music. Like, I don't care what you're going to have me play. Like, I'm happy to do that. Like sure. any, I was with, especially and with the church that or with playing at my parents' church, it was like, this is like, I get to play music. There's other people here who are excited about playing music. Like, this is just, it's practice and I don't totally. know, it's still fun. Like these people are all nice enough. And, um, uh, at, at school we had like Bible class every day we did, but then we had like a, uh, uh, what, what did we call it? Um, it was kind of like a worship service or like a, like where all of the high school would come and there would be like a speaker and then the band would play. And, mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah. And that was, Sometimes there'd be like the guys who rip phone books in half and shit or yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'd, we'd take like the entire day 
That's what Kevin's going to do someday. Training day. Like some of that was a little, like, just like a little weird. One of the, I remember one of those days we ditched, we got like six of us to ditch and we went to the city to go to Amoeba and to go to Virgin Megastore when that was still a thing. Um, And just like walk around and go like hang out in San Francisco. Cause like, and it was actually pretty funny because a couple of us had permission from our parents because they were like, we know you've gone through this at school for the last three years and we know you've gone through this at church like you get it like <laughs> yeah like it doesn't need to be beaten in that much more like <laughs> you know what's fascinating about you to me right now is i'm seeing a trend of so you're you're at the school you play in the church but you get to have a place to practice you're mm-hmm. going to this art school but you get a recording studio where you can record whatever you want like totally. you seem like someone that kind of turns situations into win-win I, or as, as I, I like, I guess I try, um, it's with expression for sure. It was like, uh, like that was 2004. So it was like kind of a different time. And Mm -hmm. I was like 18. So I was just like, yeah, fuck it. What's a, what's $70,000. I don't know what that's going to look like. Right. Uh, and my my parents will co-sign for it. No big deal. (laughs) Uh, and then now it's like, oh wait, but that's going to cost me like $130,000 over the course of 30 years or whatever my loan is. But, um, uh, but yeah, we, we got to have, uh, I think it was eight hours a month, Mm -hmm. uh, of like personal time. So me and my buddy Glenn, who I, he was in the same kind of boat as me of just like, just graduated high school, wanted to do music, thought engineering and things was going to be like how he could do that. Um, and so we would team up and record bands together uh, just so we'd have 16 hours spent on a project. As Who were the bands? Just your bands or your friend's bands? Or um, It started out as just like bands we'd hit up through MySpace um, okay. <laughs> in that time. And then it got to be, it got to a point to where it was like, well, the only time we can have is from midnight till four in the morning. And there's <laughs> yeah, no right. band who can do it this month. So I don't know. We both kind of make music. We should just like make our own shit and like make shit in the studio and see what that, how that works. Um, and we both kind of like had inboxes and like a, he had a keyboard sampler thing. And uh, I played, like I said, played guitar and drums and started noodling nice. on keyboard. Um, so it was just sort of like, we have this thing. We might as well take advantage of it while we can. We would see the kids who, and like kids, and and when I say kids, it could be it was from like eighteen to thirty five. Um, of like they were like, I don't know, like I, I'm twenty three and I've lived at home for five years since graduating. My parents are just like, this is your last chance. Get the fuck out. And we were just like, and so they wouldn't book the time, like, and they wouldn't use the resources that they had right. at their disposal. And we were just like, you're fucking crazy for, I mean, I guess if your parents are paying for this, that's fine. But like, we're going to use this as much as we fucking can. Of course. While we can. It's yeah. so expensive uh, to get studio time like that. What's that? Like actual studio time is really expensive. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And getting, re- getting to get real experience. Um, but uh, I think our first band was this band, Said the Gun to the Girl, which was a Vacaville hardcore screamo noise rock band, which like, like they had one song that I had heard that I was like, just floored by and was like, I fucking love this. And then they had a lot of shit where I'm just like, this is, I don't really, this isn't my jam, but I love that song. So like, and I, I feel like in getting into engineering more full time, you kind of had to have that, like, I love this song or I love this part of this song. Mm-hmm. Like, so, and like, I have to work on this for 10 hours a day or whatever. So you got to find something in it that you like, you might not love the music, but if, but you, the people you're getting paid to help create someone else's like artistic vision. Nice. Um, and so would you have you do to try some, to be uh, excited. Would you do some um, producing in there too? Like, I mean, t- like technically yes, but creditly no. It's it's all it all kind of mishes and mashes together to me. Where it's like some people would see that and like realize that I was like bringing ideas or shit to the table that they were liking and going with, and some people it was like, no, that I have I have a vision and this is what I want. And so sometimes people were open to it, and those were always the more fun sessions. And I got to do sessions with friends where that was like cool, you trust me and you trust my ear and I love your band and I wouldn't want to do something that isn't your band. Um, uh, 
the form and fate dudes those are who that was like one of the first that bands. was the three ring guys the three ring band yeah i think uh, i have some of those cds around here somewhere <laughs> it's it, and their music is like uh post rock yep. godspeed isis uh uh explosions kind of stuff and i loved mogwai and godspeed and all those bands like grow in in high school so then like it that was kind of what we would do at expression it would be like okay cool we did this weird fucking hardcore screamo band don't want to do that again let's try something else right. and then uh the next i think the next band was uh this band port o'brien um mm-hmm. that they were like a berkeley san francisco band in- i remember them they they kind of had a moment and we were yeah. like just before that moment like they i remember we recorded essentially an album that wound up being demos cuz then they went to tiny and recorded like a full length when they got right. a, like a small deal um yeah. which that was cool yeah. uh, but we didn't get to record that so i'm not bitter like <laughs> <laughs> well so you, i mean you're you're kind of like you know you're 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 telling you know not totally time specific, but sort of the story of how you got to where you are now. Totally. You, you also, because you got into like the cat rescue stuff from mm-hmm. photography and mm-hmm. you're, you've also done some film, film stuff too, right? A little bit. Yeah. Um, uh, we, the, that stuff is more like recent um, and by recent within the last like two or three years of uh, shit. I don't know, like how do we, how do we get to this point in time? <laughs> well, uh, so went to Expression, graduated from Expression, uh, started working at Shark Bite, uh, had some friends who would who they went on tour and they started taking pictures of cats on tour. And I was like, oh, that's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Um, so when one of my bands, we were called James and Evander, Stoner, Bummer, Pop. Um, so it's just like not not like music to like get the club going, but it's like music to do dishes to. Like and, and say like <laughs> Kind of upbeat, but not like upbeat. you're not trying to party. You're like sad, but like you're but you have shit to do. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, so just like sad boy electro <laughs> music. Like, like like wow, we really liked the postal service. Like <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um but uh but so one of our that band went on tour. I kept uh I was like, oh I we I think we did a run just like West Coast. It was like Sacramento. Portland, Seattle, and then we came back down, did a show in Oakland and LA and San Diego. Uh, and on that trip, saw saw cats on tour. So I was like, "Well, huh, mm-hmm. Ryan did my a different my, my buddy Ryan and this band Summer of Glaciers. Um, Ryan would take pictures of cats on tour. I guess I'll do that too." Um, nice. And I took some pictures. And I was like, "Oh, that's a, this is silly." Like it was right as like iPhones were, and like everybody had a camera in their pocket, mm-hmm. um, so it was really simple and easy. Um, and then we got back from that tour, Glenn and I were living separately from each other. And then this, I guess was 2010, um, nine or 10. And then we moved into the house that I'm in now, um, in 2011. And then it was like, well, we're not on tour, but I keep seeing cats everywhere. So this is not cats on tour, but cats not on tour is not a funny tag or like interesting. Like it's, it's, it just doesn't make sense or yeah, just didn't, it was a stupid joke to me, but like, wasn't a joke to anyone else. They're just like, what is this guy talking about? Right. Um, So uh, I'm in West Oakland um, 10 years ago. It was a bit hairier. Mm. Um, Just a little, just a little. Uh, I mean, and even, even like we were, we're like, a part of a wave of gentrification, like two or 3.0 really, Mm -hmm. I think. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, And, but it's been interesting to see that process over the course of the last 10 years. Uh, But yeah, so we just saw neighborhood cats. I tried to get that account uh, that was already taken. And then it was just like, all right, well, these are hood cats. Like, like people would call this the hood. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, this is, they're just like neighborhood cats. They're street wise, they're street worn. Some of them, um, they, uh, can come and go. Um, and it was just sort of like a, this is kind of funny. Um, hood cats. Haha. And then it just snowballed over the course of now I've been in cat rescue for almost like it's nine or 10 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, 
which is awesome. Like, I mean, I essentially I found a litter of hood kittens before we were about to go play some shows in LA. Um, I emailed this woman, uh, her name's Ann Dunn. She had started this organization called cat town that I'd found out through the internet. Um, they, they did initially, they were a foster based organization that specialized in like special needs and seniors and occasionally under socialized kittens. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I knew at some point I wanted to foster for them. Like actually I did the first hood cats calendar and the East Bay express, which is like the weekly paper mm-hmm. here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they found out about it. Uh, and like that, it like, I wanted to make a hundred calendars, raise a thousand dollars and like, uh, that was like right as, uh, crowdfunding and Kickstarter and that sort of thing was taking off. Mm-hmm. And so I had, so I, I took and posted photos online for almost a year. And then some friends were like, can you like do something with this? Like, like, can you make merch or like, like what can, can you make a calendar? Like, what can you do with some of these photos are kind of good. And I'm just like, yeah, some of them are, but really it's cats on the internet. So what else is there? Like, what else should there be? <laughs> right. Um, and I'm a broke stoner musician. Like, I'm not going to invest money that I don't have into cat merchandise. That's <laughs> um, Little did you know. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so I was like, well... I, it, as crowdfunding and Kickstarters and that thing was taking off, it always felt kind of weird to do it around music, which I think is a, a wrong mindset because I think it's, or it's not wrong. It's just sort of whatever you're comfortable with. And we were never comfortable with like trying to do the crowdfunding of our music sure. thing. But now I'm kind of like, why wouldn't, if you, if that's like an opportunity on it, it you, uh, on one hand, it seemed kind of like, like begging strangers on the internet for money. But at the same time, like we, what is playing a show, but begging strangers at this bar for money? Like, <laughs> like, please listen to me and please stop talking <laughs> and buy drinks and come buy our merch. <laughs> like, <laughs> totally. Uh, so I set out, <laughs> I wanted to raise a thousand dollars, make a hundred calendars. Uh, if people wanted it, great. If they didn't, no big deal. Um, like I'm not going to be out anything. And then by the second or third day, a hundred of them had sold and I hit the goal and was just like, all right, well, like if I'm going to make 50 more or a hundred more, if anybody wants them and a few more people ordered them, uh, the East Bay Express heard about what I was doing, um, emailed me or interviewed me and called me the cat man of West Oakland. And I'm just like, oh shit, this is me now. Like, I guess. Right. Right. I'm the cat man. What does that mean? Uh, and at that point, it didn't mean I was just like I don't know. I'm I'm a music guy. Like cats just happened to find me, and I still kind of feel like feel that of just yeah. like I never set out to be a cat fucking person or influencer or how whatever you want to label it. Um, and that is like I get people who ask a lot of just like how do I build my audience? Like well, I want I want more followers. I'm just like you you're talking to the wrong guy. Like I make cat butthole t-shirts and balls, like 3d printed cat ball keychains. Like I am not everyone's cup of tea. If you're trying to like amass people. Yeah. Like you're probably like, I'm probably the wrong guy to ask, but like if, if I'm your weird, strange <laughs> cup of tea, then, then we're, you're going to be in good company, but not everybody's down with buttholes and weed jokes and, <laughs> uh, and, and garbage cats. Like, <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, found this litter of kittens uh, and hit up Anne. Um, she helped me get them off the street, uh, taught me a little bit about TNR, which is Trap New to Return, um, which is like what we want to do with all of the feral and stray cats that are outside because they're the ones that's essentially like ground zero of uh, uh, of the shelter pet population. Like right. there's there are people who surrender pets and that sort of thing happens, but it's really a lot of it is stray animals mm-hmm. being born outside and being brought to the shelter. Like like what I would have done with those kittens, but I reached out to her. Um, Catown was able to place the kittens or take the kittens and get them adopted. Um, we got a bunch of the adults spayed and neutered and a few of the uh, adoptable ones um, into the system as well. Nice. Um, and then it was just sort of like, I was like, cool. I, I, I 
I did my part here in my neighborhood. That's cool. Uh, like, and that's just sort of like seemed where it was going to simmer. I actually got like a really weird uh, email from this woman that she had brought with her, who was like a fucking trapper extraordinaire. Like, like I always say that you have like you have to be a little bit crazy to be a trapper. Like, like there. You- Can you talk about that a little bit? Because yeah, I just no, found cause... out about this on the last podcast. Because we only interview oh, cat sure. people now, so <laughs> on the last podcast, <laughs> I I found out. So what the deal is because is you go out and you catch cat wild cats and you neuter them and then let them back out into the wild, right? Mostly, that's that's the general idea. But I have cats, and when I think about trying to trap one of my cats. It's just a nightmare. It's a trauma for both of us every time I have to clip their nails or do anything like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, some cats are really fucking smart, um, and they know how to avoid the trap. Like it's, <laughs> of course wow, they do. Like it's what is it? Like a box with a stick and a piece of cheese inside? Or that's a drop trap. <laughs> um, uh, a regular trap is. I mean, it's a long box. I mean, I can. I can pull one out and show you. <laughs> no, okay. So it's like a trap you put out, and the cat goes in it and gets trapped. There's a there's a, a, a gate or like a, a trip mechanism mm-hmm. that's like on the back, like back three quarter of the trap. So the cat has to go all the way in, and you put all the treats down here on the end. Mm-hmm. Then as they come in to get the treats, they step on that trip trap, uh, uh, and then it closes the door behind them. There's also the fucking Wiley e. Coyote box on yeah. stick with a string for the really smart guys who like the the traps are. I mean, you, a, a cat can fit in it and move around a little bit, but it's still like uh, this is different. Like you, they get inside mm-hmm. and you, they know that something is different. So with the drop trap, it's a little less confining um, and a little bit easier. You can put more treats in if there's like. Say you have six cats at a colony and you've already fixed five of them and you need that last one. Mm-hmm. You're not just going to keep setting a trap because cats will just keep going in and eating it. So you right. set up this big drop trap, wait for the guy that you get, that you need, pull the string uh, once they're in. Whoa, 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 whoa. So you're there like yeah. hiding out in the d- down in the bushes. Depending on the cat, you could be like 30 feet away, depending on how long your string is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've had it set up to where it's like, they're at one end of the driveway and I'm at the other and like, I can still see it. Um, and, uh, yeah, then they, once they get in, you just pull the string, then you have to transfer them into a trap and it's a little more elaborate than. Thank you. Just you trap you, you have to watch the cat rescuers, Joshua. Oh, yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. You do. I mean, they've got both types of traps that they show on that film. And I, I would say the one that Adam is describing now is it's an experience, not only probably to do it, but to watch it. It's crazy because they use it for the ones that are the most difficult at times to catch. And yep. it's, you got to be really fast. And one of the women on there kept saying, this, this, this one knows me. She knows me. She just peeped me in my car. And you've watched the cat like back out of the trap when she sees her. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, they're, they're super smart. I mean, they... <laughs> But those those like Wiley Coyote style traps are nuts, <laughs> and they get super upset. They're a little flatter too, so they're like kind of like squished down a little bit because if they have any height, they can they're they can, smart yeah. enough to jump out of it. Like they're it's crazy. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Cats. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so learned a little bit about TNR. This lady who came out and showed me uh, and was with Anne uh, wound up writing an email that was about me meant to send to Anne, like talking shit about me of just sort of like, who the fuck is this guy? Like he doesn't know shit. He doesn't really want to help. Um, he doesn't really want to learn. And uh, she sent this letter to me. Dude, that's big uh, cat rescue coming at you. <laughs> and then, and then immediately or like two minutes later realized what she did and sent me an, another email that was like, Holy shit. I'm so sorry. Uh, she must have felt terrible I just like let my emotions get the best of me and blah 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 and I'm just like I'm like lady you're not wrong who the fuck (laughs) am I I am no one but who are you you are also no one like we are all no one (laughs) Uh, and like I am just trying I am trying to learn I'm trying to do something that's helpful and like but like have some perspective 
I, cause like, I bet there's like some kids around here that are hungry. So like you fucking getting upset about this dude, who's, yeah. like, your, your anger, I understand. And, and like, and honestly, from being in this, this, this long, like the more I'm in it, the more like feral I get, like the, and the more, like, I don't want to fucking deal with people. I don't, I just want to be with my cats. And like, <laughs> I hear that. And like, <laughs> like this quarantine thing. While kind of frustrating to not get to see all of my friends, like I don't know, me and my girlfriend and my cat, <laughs> yes. like, this is like you like, and me, buddy. Like <laughs> you and Joshua are simpatico on this. Just right loving here. it. Yeah. I'm dying. I'm like such a type A, like like outward. Ah! Kevin is like want, a super like, connector. Yeah, uh, I see somebody that I haven't seen in a long time randomly at the grocery store, and my inclination is to run over and hug them as quickly as I can. I can't. I don't, and then I don't even want to say hi because it's kind of disappointing too. I'm like, <laughs> but, but, um, you know, I, I just think, so it, and it, I, I feel like this happens with a lot of people and especially in the, in whether it's dog rescue or cat rescue in sort of the rescue community and the, what you're doing specifically there in West Oakland, when you're, you know, doing the, the, the catch and neuter and release you just kind of fall into it. It's like, you don't even know you quite have a heart for it. And then something happens and it's like this almost like, like awakening of this part of you that was like asleep or something. And like, mm-hmm. I, I feel like I hear this story from people, especially the ones that have been incredibly like, you know, the work, their work has been incredibly fruitful in helping animals. Mm-hmm. They're like, I don't know how I just, you know, like I saw this litter of cats and then bam, that was it from that day on, this was my life's calling. And it's like, you know, we try to talk to people in the podcast that are doing really positive things. And I, you know, I can't for, for someone that's worked with people as long as I have, and, you know, done a lot of animal rights stuff over the years, like this work that you're doing, that Hannah Shaw is doing, that a bunch of other people are doing, the cat rescuers are doing, is like it has direct impact on these animals and your surroundings. Like, For sure, because you're not being overrun by feral animals when you're mm-hmm. when you're neutering these these cats. And so, you know, before we move on with more of the story, because there's a lot more, obviously, I just want to just do a quick pause and say, you know, you kind of fell into this, but fuck, awesome, <laughs> you know? No, it it, it it seriously is insane. Uh, and yeah, would never in a million years have thought like if you told 16 year old me who's in fucking uh, like pants with fire on them from Hot Topic, uh, like, <laughs> hey, dude, you're going to you're going to open the first cat cafe in America and then and then you're going to take cats balls for like fun. Like <laughs> and 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 host like Catman Bingo like all across the country yeah. <laughs> and and yeah never in a million years would that was that the 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 idea so uh, I mean what you is touched that? on it so let's yeah. go with it let's go with let's talk about Catman Bingo and then let's talk about oh, the cafe yeah so so essentially how the timeline of it is like those first got those first kittens had that interaction with the crazy lady forwarded that email to Anne and was like, Hey, I think this was meant for you. Um, what's up with the lady? Like and she, and then Anne called me and like, let me know what that situation was a little bit. And like, I, like I was saying it like this and like you guys are saying like this work is not easy. It's hard. You see a lot of terrible shit. And when you've been in it for as long as some people who have been in it 20 30 40 years like this is not new it's like new to a lot of people but it's not new and like the people that have been in it forever have just been like burning like and Mm -hmm. like and it's exhausting and so i took that and was just like i know this isn't i know this isn't coming from a place of like uh or like yeah just what wasn't was like slightly offended but was also just sort of like but like I kind I understand, especially now, like burnout and fatigue and just like mm-hmm. questioning people and like what their motives and shit are. Like, um, yeah, it's it's a it's a weird it's a weird world. But uh, luckily, Am was amazing, um, and like we just clicked on a weird level. We both uh, 
just had like a similar outlook on towards life, uh, towards Oakland and love this town um, and wanted to help do something to make it better. And I think Hannah uh, has said a lot of uh, like somebody, like it's like everybody says like, oh man, somebody should do something about mm-hmm. that. Like, and, and then you have that awakening where you're like, wait, I am somebody. Right. Like, right. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. So like what like I guess it's like I can if I can figure out how to make the help like I should try to help. Um, and oh, that's a terrible feeling. <laughs> it, is. <laughs> it is. I hate it because if I do have it, I have to do it, and I just try to avoid having it as much as possible. <laughs> um, but so Anne and I uh, uh, emailed back and forth a little bit through the rest of that summer. That was when I was still like really busy with music and recording and that sort of shit. Um, and that was, I think there was the first cat video festival that happened in Oakland. Um, or it wasn't, the, it was the, the first one that happened in Oakland, but I think it originated in like uh, Michigan. Or cat Oregon. festival. So that's just cat video fest. Oh, so, video like, fest. Okay. Like uh, they closed down grand Avenue hmm. um, and on the great wall, they projected fucking like 200 feet tall cat videos. Oh, like amazing. A, like an hour and a half long program, but it was like a day afternoon long, like hangout. There were bands and stuff that were playing that were terrible. Um, Cause it's like, if you're a cat band, odds are you're going to be pretty bad. <laughs> and there was like a guy that was like, his music was about ducks and they were just like, I don't know, fuck it. Animals. Like, <laughs> um, and, and I, I think I DJed both of them uh, and I, and have like a catalog now it's like four hours long of like cat music. So uh, some of it is awesome. So much of it is terrible. Like, what, what's the most or... famous cat song? Uh, I mean, Love Cats, The Cure is yeah. a great oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, President of the United States of America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, uh, Stray Cat Strut, um, <sighs> Cat Scratch Fever. Those are like the big ones. Yeah, um, thank you. But, then, but there's all sorts of fucking weird cat songs. Grateful Dead has a cat song, China Cat, I think. Mm. Uh, it's a pretty good song. Um, but then, uh, yeah, so we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so uh yeah there was the the cat video festival i saw Anne. we hung out and talked uh i met megan lincott at that that's she's gonna be on your guys podcast next week right yeah or, yeah, yeah. yeah. podcast yeah. was like one or two before mine yeah <laughs> um uh and um and her husband justin and they're both amazing people totally then so Anne and i like kind of were like oh yeah you're awesome. I'm awesome. Like we, we like, let's figure out how we can collaborate. Like what, well, what else can we do? And, uh, I just had a friend from high school, um, who moved to Japan and was going to be there for six months and was like, Hey friends, if you want to come to visit, like, here's the calendar. Just let me know when you want, when you want to come. And I was like, Holy shit. I've always wanted to go to Japan. Like this is my one opportunity. Then like, that was like the birth of cats starting to like, Mm-hmm. be a thing in my life um and went down a rabbit hole of uh uh there's these cat islands that are in japan where it's like 80 people live on the island and hundreds and hundreds if not thousands of cats are on the island wow. and I was like, wow. I'm there that sounds fucking amazing uh holy shit there's these things called cat cafes like what the fuck is that about um and there's hedgehogs and or hedgehog cafes and owl and penguin and like all sorts of random they got fucking weird crazy amazing shit over there um but so oh I, you can't swear on this podcast <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm broke that rule already <laughs> um but so uh i met up with coffee to, i met up with Anne to have coffee one day and was just like man, have you ever heard of this, these like cat cafes? Like there's this, there are these things in Japan where people go and they pay money to hang out with cats. Like that seems insane. And I had done a little bit of research. This was like December, November, December, 2013. Um, and I'd done a little bit of research and there was some guy in Boston who had like tried to start one, but never really got off the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I was when in talking with Anne, she was like, I've always wanted Cat Town to have like a brick and mortar um, facility. Uh, and I was just like, well, yeah. And if we could do a cafe with like adoptable cats, because I don't think like 
I think the like having the same cats over and over seems like it would be weird. Um, and like, I don't know how the cats would feel about that or how, like, or if like the American audience would like take to that. But if we had like, uh, like a, a brick and mortar place where you could get coffee and hang out with a cat and a, potentially adopt that cat, like, do you think that could go over? Um, and she was like, yeah, I think that could go over. Um, and I was like, I kind of think it could too. Like I'll, tr- I can try to figure out what it's like to run a cafe. You already have like the infrastructure of your nonprofit and like uh, this team of people who are fucking crazily well experienced with cats. I don't know much about cats, but I'm willing to learn. And I don't know shit about running a cafe, but I'll try. <laughs> um, and it just sort of like, it's just quickly snowballed. Like we had that talk in December. It was like just before Christmas. Um, and then while I was tabling and like selling the hood cats merch and the calendars and that sort of stuff, I just sort of bounced it off people of like, Hey, have you ever heard of this idea? Like we're, I'm working with an organization. We're thinking about trying to do this. Would that be something you'd be willing to support? Um, and just got nothing but positive feedback about it. Uh, and then the East Bay express, heard about that because they were one of the reporters was at an event and I talked to him for a minute and uh, they were like, Hey, can we do a story on this for our pets issue? Um, and we were like, yeah. And we'll like launch, use that as like our launching point for like a crowdfunding campaign around this stupid, idea, this like fucking crazy idea. Um, and it was, we, that, that was like supposed to come out. We were going to launch on like January 29th uh, and like seriously, like a week before um, I got like a email from some, from a couple of different people that were like, holy shit, this isn't you. Right. And it was like, uh, about Kit Tea, which it was like the San Francisco cat cafe. And they were, they like launched their website, like, and, and, and like did a PR blast of like, Hey, we're bringing the America's first cat cafe to this, to California. Um, like the week before us. And we were just like, son of a bitch. Oh, like, like, of course, somebody else is also thinking about this. Like, I, that does not surprise me at all. But the fact that it's in our backyard and that they did it the week before us and that they didn't have, like, like to me, it just made sense to be like, hey, we're going to do this. If you want it to happen, here's the website. But they were just like, hey, we're going to do this. Like, we're going to launch our crowdfunding campaign in a couple of months. Like, uh, sign up mm-hmm. for a mailing list and, and we'll let you know when. And I'm just like, ah. Oh you missed a huge like call to action for that first wave of right like PR, like not like, uh, or yeah, publicity and, ah, oh, and you, and you're in our backyard. Damn it. Like that was super frustrating, but it didn't, it didn't stop us. Uh, and then it kind of turned into like they announced and then we announced the next week and then Portland and New York. And, uh, there was a couple of people in Southern California and, and then it then it kind of turned into like uh, the cat space race of like who's going to open first, <laughs> um, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, and yeah, we I it was just really crazy how it all kind of came together because like our coffee partner, uh, this company called Bicycle Coffee, mm. also based here in Oakland, mm-hmm. um, they reached out. Uh, and we're just like, Hey, this sounds awesome. If you have any questions or like, if you need a coffee provider, that's, we'd be super interested in like, like doing that, like, or partnering in that way. Um, but even if you just have any questions about running a cafe or like business plans or whatever, like, let us know. Mm-hmm. And like, Amazing. those guys have all become like more extended cat family, uh, and like Oakland family. And the recording studio I worked at was actually just down the block from them uh, in Jacqueline square. So it was like this nice, nice. It just all this like synergy of like like perfect storm of like inspiration. Timing was right. Um, Oakland as a as a city, I think, was the right kind of place to like be open to something kind of weird and not quite normal. Whereas San Francisco is like you have fucking insane rent, uh, and mm-hmm. and the, the red tape you have to cut through is there's just a lot. Yeah. Um, and and the, not that we didn't have that stuff with opening Cat Town either, um, but we just really lucked out um, in that, like, once people learned the mission and, like, learned that it was, like, it was, it, like, for a lot of people, the Cat Cafe is that, like, 
coffee and is like the the business and cats are kind of the shtick and we always saw it as like no coffee is the shtick like what is like what is what kind of cafe do we need to make to qualify as a cafe and really we just want to start adopting cats and like help decrease the uh the shelter population Mm -hmm. um and yeah we opened in october 2014 we did a pop-up in april 2014 uh or no march march yeah um and that was like just at like a little art gallery in downtown oakland um we had three kittens that got adopted it was just sort of like proof of concept like can we do this like this is uh such a silly idea we'll use this as like the end cap of our crowdfunding campaign like we'll actually just do it for two days um and it was it was weird because we didn't hit our fundraising goal um but we were able to because cat town was a nonprofit, we were able to get other grants and other donors and like things outside of just the crowdfunding mm-hmm. thing it was another like huge piece in I think making it a viable business mm-hmm. um, yeah. uh, or organization that like could potentially sustain. Um, so that was all helpful. And really it was it like, it was just essentially like a huge uh, marketing ploy to get people to know more about the serious work that Cat Town's doing. Right. Uh, and right. so it's like, yeah, we made like essentially a miniature downtown Oakland in a little 1200 square foot space that like, it's like Catzilla is happening all the time. <laughs> um, so it's like cats crawling up the Tribune tower. And we had some, uh, uh, some like the port of Oakland cranes and the nice. federal towers. We've got like a Victorian, like West Oakland house. And um, yeah, it's just, we were just sort of like, how can we make like a, like essentially like a mini version of Oakland for cats to run around in and, and, and we did it and it was crazy. That's so fun. <laughs> I haven't been there. I haven't seen it. Um, uh, I'll send you guys some photos cause it's, it's definitely do uh, we'll post them on the site. Know, what, what's going on with it now? With the, um, with COVID so, and all this stuff. so that was 2014. And then uh, in, at the end of 2016, I actually stopped working for cat town just because it was like, I felt like I was like a firefighter essentially. Um, like I was supposed to be in charge of the cafe, mm-hmm. um, but it would wind up being like, what what is going on today? Like, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I stepped out and have now been uh, I jobless, but it like cat manning, like, yeah, <laughs> sure, yeah. cat manning for like f- uh, four years now. Um, but, uh, my friend Sabrina runs the cafe, nice. um, uh, her company's called RAR. They make like raw cat food. Oh, okay. Um, she had a space in downtown Oakland that when it was closing, uh, or like her building got sold, uh, mm-hmm. and she got evicted and we were already selling her stuff and it was just like, oh, this is a natural sort of like shift. Perfect. Uh, and we expand like after the first year we expanded actually it was even under the first year it was like within the first three or four months um we had our side of the space but and there was a tattoo shop next door to us Mm -hmm. and like i think it was four months after we opened they closed and the owner was like hey our building owner who was amazing um was like would you guys want this space i'll give it to you at the same rent that they're paying and just tuck it into your lease Um, so we were like we fucking need the space like so badly so we expanded into that um and now that's they they did a bunch of fundraising uh last year or Mm -hmm. two years ago to like fully build it out and now it looks like like a state-of-the-art like shelter space with i think it's nine or ten separate isolated rooms that uh they can have a bunch of cats in of varying degrees of like super friendly and ready to go to the next door uh, to the main cat zone or these kittens have ringworm, but we can take care of them here because like we have the isolation or like seniors who are like super shut down and don't Mm want to be in the big space, Mm -hmm. um, but are still friendly enough to get adopted. And like, what's just ways it's just sort of like figuring out ways to adapt to all the different types of cats. Like there's a bunch of different types of cats. There's not just one cat. Um, So, and figuring out, how to be able to help as many of them as possible. 
Um, and so COVID has been a nightmare for them too. They were closed for, I think it was three or four months. Um, mm-hmm. And now they're open on, uh, by appointment, adoption scheduled appointments during the week and then open to the public um, on Saturdays and Sundays. Uh, and me and my girlfriend, Erica, have, I'm still friends with a lot of those people um, and, of course, still love and support the work that they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, we've uh, been doing, like, regular photography volunteering for them, just sort of, like, whatever way I can help you. That uh, at, for, at first, once I stopped, I was like, I don't want to, like, be, like, it's like, okay, my little baby bird is, like, g- like I, I, I don't want to, like, insert sure. myself. and and be like but i don't i it's it was honestly it was a really weird moment of like i did this thing that is like really like a really big footnote on my uh like resume of like what i've done in the cat rescue world yeah um and but to not be actively a part of it now feels really weird and like but wanting to still be a part of it but not like sure. feel like I'm just like oh well, what are you guys doing now oh you're doing that like I'm, like not want to be that guy <laughs> right uh, so it's 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 t- it's just taking a little bit of time uh, but now Anne actually she just left at the beginning of the year and is mm. now the director of Oakland Animal Services oh wow amazing and honestly when we when I met her the shelter director then was leaving and I was like well is that something you could do like you seem like you have your mm-hmm. shit together for this and she's like I don't have my shit together for this yet. Um, and I'm like, okay, like, I, I bet you will. Uh, awesome. and then it just took some time and, but she's there now and it's, uh, it's awesome. So um, it's just really good to have. Um, we're going to run up on the hour soon. Yeah, I want to make we sure we get to talk about, uh, anything you're doing now. Yeah. Um, I mean, we know you're cat manning. You've got what, 68, <laughs> 68,000 Instagram followers. Uh, um, yeah, it's weird. Um, <laughs> it's not that weird. I guess it's not that weird. Cat but, uh, people love cat people, you know? For sure. <laughs> and, and, and like I said, I, I feel like I've never tried to, uh, at, and this goes back to like my mentality and outlook towards music too, of just mm-hmm. sort of like bands would be like, the, the parallels of these worlds are so fucking bizarre because <laughs> like bands would be like, oh man, like, do you think this is a good song? Like, is this going to be a hit? I'm just like, dude, I have zero control over that. Yeah. Do you like this? <laughs> yeah, I fucking love it. Well, then hang on to that feeling as much as yeah, you fucking yep, can. Yep, exactly. Because, like, that's all that matters. Like, totally. Like, like if if other if it, if what you make resonates with people, awesome. Like, but and yep. you can do things to like hopefully get it to a more to a, a bigger audience and give more people chances to resonate with your stuff. Uh, but like, you do not have control over that, really. That's absolutely um, true. Uh, and like, and I remember, I, pl- I remember one of the worst and most amazing shows I ever played was at bottom of the hill. Mm-hmm. And that was like one of the places when I was a kid, I was like, man, I can't fuck. I saw right. fuck so many cool bands here. Sure. I can't, hopefully I get to play here one day. And then I, now I've played there like a dozen times. And I'm like, yeah, this is fine. Uh, but that show, this show in particular was like, there was like eight people in the crowd. Uh, and it was like a Tuesday night. Um, and, but like, we were playing one of our songs and I see these people that I for sure do not know singing along. And I'm just like, ah, oh, whoa, that's fucking weird. Like, and amazing. Yeah. Um, and then, and then as we're tearing down the band after us, like gets on stage and they're like, the, the drummer's like, please don't leave, please don't leave. And I'm like, lady, like all of our stuff is here. Like, where are we going? Like, yeah. have you never played a bad show? Like, this is just a <laughs> part of it. Like, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but so the bottom of the hill. <laughs> in the cat world um there's all these conventions yeah and, uh it's a whole scene and community um and it's funny because there's like the headliners there's like jackson galaxy and hannah and mm-hmm. jackson Rose galaxy Club, uh and like that kind of like <laughs> upper echelon of the world yeah yeah and then there's like guys like me uh, who are just like, I don't know, I'm just like a guy and I do this stuff and it, it, it <laughs> resonates with people and that's cool. Um, but I was never like, how do I get an audience? I want, right. to, I want to educate people. I want to do these things. I'm just sort of like, I'm doing this thing and living this weird life. And if you're along for the ride, cool. 
Um, but if like, if you're not, that's fine too. Yeah. Um, like it's like, uh, I've, I've definitely made some, uh, merch and stuff and made some donations to orgs that like, uh, there's some, uh, Trumpian people in the cat world too, who were not happy. Uh, there's this guy, his company's called cat magic punks. Mm-hmm. Um, his name's Ryan. You guys, I'll email you guys him. Cause he's, he's, he's got, uh, this uh, logo that's cat lovers against white supremacy. And like, yes. he, like dude, this is amazing. Um, I have, I bought your t-shirt. I made it a back patch for a jacket. Uh, I bought another t-shirt. I want a pin. Can we make pins? Like if I manufacture these, can I send you half of them? And then like, we can yeah. both sell them and fundraise. Amazing. Um, he was like, absolutely. Um, so totally. like there's, and, and that like set some people off. Um, I've definitely like, another weird little tangent into the, into my world of cats was like in 2016, there was the Trump, your cat meme. Um, and, and, like, <laughs> and I made that. Um, and uh, it was, it was weird. Like I remember the day that it kind of like went viral. It was when it was on like the Rachel Maddow show, like she mentioned it. And then my phone just fucking blew up. Um, and uh, I, I followed and like did that for probably like seven or eight months. And, but then like, wasn't smart enough and didn't, and felt weird about trying to like monetize it and make merch and sell shit with it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just started feeling really gross about having to keep up with like all of his shit. Cause the deal was like, you brush your cat. You take that the the hair off the brush, pat it into a little toupee, put it on their head, find some math <laughs> nine quote, and then post the post it on the internet. Right. Uh, yeah, and, I remember it. Yeah, uh, and it just yeah, I just started feeling real gross about for it. sure. Yeah, and then then I remember reading a uh, uh, like a, a quote or an interview or something with Will Ferrell around like him playing Bush and feeling like he like kind of normalized that a little bit sure. and like 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 not good about that and i'm just like oh oh like, yeah, yeah yeah i don't want to do this anymore this is too weird right like, this is too gross too too and i mean look at where we are four years later like, look where not, we are not, yeah this is like it's a shit show Indeed. and uh oh yeah. On that yeah. note, though, we're at the hour, right. so we're gonna have to get you back on. I think soon. Do you want to talk about uh, any projects you're working on, oh, like right sure, now? Sure. Um, so I, in because of all the cancellations of events and stuff, um, I started a mail club at hoodcats.org. Okay. Um, nice. You can get uh, uh, it's like stubs with postcard stickered club. So you'll get like a postcard that's got like one to five stickers on it uh, or a a catnip uh, booties, catnip club booty. You guys met earlier. Um, (laughs) He loves catnip. And so it's like, just like a simple way to uh, take like some like monthly support. Like uh, I, I, like I said, I've lived in this house for the last 10 years and Mm -hmm. now my landlord is like trying to figure out ways to evict me. Uh, and which is awesome to deal with in today's uh, current climate. Mm. Um, so, and on paper, I'm a terrible uh, potential uh, right. renter because yeah. right. like I'm self-employed. I don't have stable income. Yep. Um, so started the Catman's home for Haggard hood cats as a way to sort of be like, look, I have this much that I know comes in every month. And here's like my, my merch sales from all the dumb stuff I make with my friends um and so that's like essentially how i am surviving and uh just that's so fun though to get stuff in the mail like that like that's the best yeah that was my thought i was like what would mail's the best Uh yeah everything i do is like i want to i make the shit i want to see in the world like i don't i didn't see a shirt that said ballless and flawless so (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and you got that feeling that you had to do it (laughs) Uh, and 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 evidently there's a bunch of other people who also like that shirt and at when it used to be at conventions like i'd hang that up and the funnest thing is like watching people walk by and react and they either go like oh god <laughs> and they're like that's amazing who are you what is this like i want to know all about it and it's like nice like, that, that's 
that those are the those are the two reactions I'm looking for. It's either this is either for sure not your shit or this is so your shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's kind like, of the beauty of, of the internet, right? You can you can have these yeah. these niche audiences find each other, and there's Absolutely. enough of them around the world to connect. Same, and, yeah. and again, it just kind of comes back to music too. Of like, there's records yeah. that I found this year that have been out forever, but and but like yeah. like content is forever. It is. Yeah, it is. Adam, you're super cool. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, it was awesome to hear yeah. from you here. And, and, you know, obviously we wish you the best in your, in your, in, in, in the endeavors that you're in right now, but, you know, keep us updated too. We post stuff about guests all the time. And I like to say, we're not that proud of who we interview. And then I say, but yes, we are. <laughs> so, um, thanks for coming on. Uh, Why would again. you say you're not that proud of the people we interview? And then I say, <laughs> oh yes, we are. Who am I kidding? <laughs> um, uh, Adam's website, Catman of, catmanofwestoakland.com. You also have a store, which obviously you don't like to promote that much because you, you know, but there's amazing stuff there. Kind of ride there. that line of like, yes. like, I'll promote it for you. It's, uh, it's I'm, I'm not ashamed. It's Catman got, stop. Yeah. No, man, this guy's landlord sucks. Go there. Yeah. Go there and <laughs> check stuff. that stuff out. Yeah. Um, we're, uh, we're, as always, figuring out uh, great uh, organizations to donate to. Um, so, you know, we're, we generally donate our, our Patreon money. Uh, it's been going to hospitality house SF, which helps individuals with, um, uh, mental health issues as well as people in recovery and it helps them have useful lives and be part of the community. So we love that. And, um, and I mean, there's in animal welfare, you still like, you have to care about people. Like you can't just care about animals. Like that, like the animals, are our problem like yeah. we made the problem yep. so like we have to take care of each other and we have to take care of the animals so. yep i i totally agree um next couple of shows we've got anna merlin on uh she is the writer of republic of lies as well as a writer and editor for vice magazine online uh we're going to talk about conspiracies i'm going to try to get her to talk about this new pastel QAnon uh, thing that's going on in the wellness community. Um, then after that, uh, we're going to be um, interviewing Maggie Freeling, uh, who does the um, Unjust and Unsolved podcast, as well was a um, producer and host on uh, Latino USA for many years. Uh, both of these women are doing some pretty amazing stuff, so we're super excited to have them on. Um, your episode will be up uh in almost two weeks. Um, I think so. Yeah. Two weeks from yesterday. So uh, really appreciate you having, having the, taking the time to do this, Adam. I know everybody's busy right now in different ways and, and, you know, an hour out of anyone's life is a big deal. So we want to, we want to just say thank you. And and thanks for For coming on. Appreciate you guys talking to me and and listening and taking my rambles. (laughs) (laughs) This was amazing. And thanks for listening, everybody.